Hello, friend. That was an amazing chat with Amy. We had on Amy the Herbalist. That's how she's she's known in on Instagram land. But Amy is so much more than an herbalist. She's an herbalist, a vitalist, an energy worker. She has a couple programs out now that help people make the connection between the physical layer body and the subtle and emotional layer body. And our conversation was about that and so much more. Julie, what yeah. was your favorite? I love that Amy describes herself as an educator because she really so does. Yeah, she takes everything that she's learned along the way in her own journey and made it really accessible for those that decide to work with her. And even in our conversation today, she dropped some truth bombs. <laughs> she educated me on some things that I thought I already knew about and she just laid it out in this beautiful beautiful way it was hard not to get emotional when she was talking I did get emotional (laughs) (laughs) and you will probably hear that and you'll also have to forgive us in case uh, there's any audio issues built in there at the end but you will hear and sense the the impact that something as simple as understanding what's already inside you. That's what Amy teaches is what you need is already within you. And she helps us to bring that out clearly. (laughs) And she helps her, her people and her community remember to remember. We're excited to dive into this conversation. Welcome to your weekly woo. I'm Julie Heishi. And I'm Lindsay Page. We come to you today to shed light on unconventional methods of healing, living, being in the world. While some people may call these practices woo, we're here to talk about merging the spiritual with the practical, about becoming empowered to choosing your journey to wholeness. Everyone's path to finding joy is a unique and beautiful game of trial and error, full of important lessons. We're here to share our journey, our experiences, and our truth, so maybe your road doesn't have to be as bumpy as ours was, or simply to remind you that you're not alone. We bring on guests to join us for these chats so they can impart their wisdom and probably teach us a thing or two as well. We believe empowerment comes from knowledge and frame of mind. You may see or care for yourself differently after learning a new perspective. This creates a ripple effect for how you show up in the world. So take what sticks and leave the rest. You are your own greatest healer, your own guide, your own guru. We're here to take this journey with you, one woo conversation at a time. Hello and welcome to your weekly woo. We have a beautiful friend and guest with us today, Amy. Hello. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you, Julie and I. Julie, how are you doing today? I am well. Thanks for asking. Happy to be here with you two ladies. Julie, this crystal. Oh my gosh. It's so big. Yeah. I love it. It's for communication. Oh my gosh. I feel like I need that. I need to get bigger crystals. I had to go out in the world the other day and I stuck um, one like in my high-waisted leggings. <laughs> like wore it around all day. 
I'm the type of person that sticks them in the places and then forgets at the end of the day. And then I have like crystals falling out of my clothing or like into the toilet or something. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I was out of town when I did it. So I was like afraid I was going to forget and like, yeah, go into a gas station and they're all like falling out of my clothes. (laughs) Don't mind me. That's the best. I've been thinking a lot about our chats, Amy, you and I, that you and I have and what I kind of wanted to bring to the people today. But one question that we're going to ask all of our guests is what does woo mean to you? And before I, I have you answer, to give the audience some perspective, I met Amy last year. Actually, we all met at the same time, Julie, Amy, and I. <laughs> we, we all met in the same group online. And... When I met Amy, she um, was talking a lot about herbalism and energy, and she's going to share all that wonderful wisdom with us here today. But before we dive into any of that, Amy, what does woo mean to you? What does woo mean to me? That's such a great question. You know, personally, I don't feel like I use the word woo a lot, but it's something that I come across a lot in, in what I do and in the community that I'm surrounded by. And my personal experience is that it's often used in a way to describe maybe things or a way of living that isn't the norm that maybe seems magical or um, of the imagination or, you know, mystical make-believe. That's something that, that I feel like I hear a lot, even with what I do, you know, with, with turning to herbs for healing people. Well, I will hear sometimes, Oh, that's, that's wooey. That's too woo for me. (laughs) That is kind of the word for me. It is kind of magical, but I think that I think magic's real. I think we're surrounded by magic all the time, every day. We just it's just not accepted in our society as this norm. And we're kind of conditioned to not see it. I would love for you to dive into that. Magic is real. Because yeah. we tend to think that magic is the hocus pocus person standing up on the sh- on the stage and making things disappear. Yeah. I think You know, I think a lot of the things that get labeled as woo, the things that aren't accepted in our society, they were and they still are a way of living for a lot of people. You know, we know there's magic out there when we're kids. We see, you know, everything is magical when we're Mm. kids. Um, And I have a little one and I get to kind of experience that through her now, you know, take the world in through her eyes. So we know that the world is magical then, and then we grow up and we lose that connection. We, we live in this very fast-paced world. We live in this world where we're constantly stimulated. We're constantly distracted. We're constantly pushed to use logic and rationale uh, for everything. So if we can't see it, then it must be make-believe. It must be woo. <laughs> but I think that if we work to reconnect to it, you know, to remember it, then we can make it a part of our everyday lives too. I love that you said that about your little one, about being a child and having this sort of like childlike wonder. And I think that a lot of the practices that you teach and that Lindsay and I teach were once something that we did when we were little, right? Like I teach breathing and we had normal breathing patterns when we were little, like when you take your little one out in the backyard and she sees a beautiful flower. She still has that awe and that, that moment of magic. And it's like remembering to remember going back 
and tapping into that. I, I love that so much. Yeah, I love that. I love remembering to remember because when we are adults and we're disconnected from that, it's hard to get back to it. It's hard to remember. Mm -hmm. And so she helped me do that to to take in the world through her eyes and, and watch everything that's so magical, especially her relationship to the natural world, her relationship to plants, you know, to flowers, to trees, because that's that's what I help people do is, is remember their connection to the natural world also. You've said so much in like this short amount of time that I really <laughs> want to like take apart and make sure that people have time and space to digest the magic and the woo fits into your craft. So first, let's talk about what your craft is. Yeah. So if we, if we put labels on it, I'm an herbalist and a yoga teacher. Um, but I feel like labels make me feel so restricted. <laughs> like my work is just so much, it goes so beyond yeah. that than just, <laughs> than just working with plants and teaching yoga. I educate. I'm an educator, um, a mentor. I teach people how to reconnect to that innate wisdom that's within them, whether that's the innate wisdom that's in their physical body and they're trying to assist their physical body in, you know, healing through something or whether they're trying to reconnect to those really subtle layers of ourselves, you know, our intuition, our energy body. You know, basically I help people cultivate awareness around their being, kind of dive into this journey of self-study, usually leads to self-healing. How do you physically work with your clients? What does that work really look like? You know, what it looks like first is starting with their physical self, helping them to cultivate body awareness through yoga practices cultivate uh, awareness around their energy body through breathing. You know, our breath lives in our energy body and we, we breathe all the time. We just don't, we just don't pause to, to notice our breathing habits and patterns. Um, so connecting people to that and the sensations they feel in their physical body, physical symptoms that show up. Well, what does that physical symptom mean? It's, it's telling you that your body needs something. And so that's the way that I work with people first is really through these, these awareness exercises. And we start with very basic ones, body awareness, breath awareness, food journaling, how does food make you feel? And then we start to move into those deeper layers of being more aware of our mental patterns, our thoughts, our emotion, and, and what, what is our intuition? What's yes for you? What's no for you? So where does the magic show up? Oh, wow. Um, I think that people come into it feeling, you know, really overwhelmed, but when they start to just practice, they start to cultivate that awareness. I think that's the first place I see the magic with people is that they start to connect these dots and realize, you know, oh, wow, you know, this is how I feel when I do this, or, you know, this is how this breathing exercise makes me feel. And to watch them connect the dots themselves is really magical to me because my perspective is I'm not here to teach you anything new. You already know all of this. It's already within you. You have the innate wisdom. You're already connected to the natural world. I'm not teaching you a new way of living. I'm helping you remember. I'm helping you reconnect that thing that, you know, I hope my daughter never forgets because I'm here with her helping her do it now. So now I'm helping these adults who have forgot because that's what my experience was as I went through this journey. It was like I thought I was learning and then I started to look back and be like, well, I'm really just remembering. <laughs> it makes me want to cry. Yeah, same. 
The experience of it all is really powerful. And I think that that in and of itself is Mm -hmm. very woo. You know, it's, it's not tangible. The mind can't figure it out or intellectualize it. And it's, it's in that letting go of the intellectual and the understanding that we can have this magical moment of, of connecting to ourselves, of becoming aware of our needs. And, oh, my gosh, the work you do, Thank Amy, you. is so important. Thank you. It gets so emotional. Okay. It gets so emotional when I hear other people talk about something that resonates so deeply. What I'm reacting to is just that it's what we need to know and what we need to learn is already here. And what you're describing is, if we're to put a label on it, it's just like you're a guide Mm -hmm. or a bridge that helps someone get from point A to B that technically they could already do for themselves, Mm -hmm. but they've forgotten. We forget because there are so many layers of beliefs and conditioning, which I want you to expand more about, that has to be uncovered and taken away so that we can remember who we truly are without Mm -hmm. someone else telling us and without someone else giving us uh, the directions. And for me, I always feel really safe if you give me a Mm -hmm. step-by-step process. But if someone else is giving me a step-by-step process, it may not work for me because it didn't come from my true self, my, my soul, what I know that I really need, but I have to get really quiet to hear that. Mm. And what I would love for you to share, Amy, how do people connect with you to even understand that they need or want to work with you? Because I feel like what we're talking about and what we teach about is, is almost ambiguous to the point of, we're figuring out how to talk about it, which is what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. So for you, how does that show up? I teach it the way that I experienced it. I mean, I'm very about teaching, you know, what I know. And a lot of times people come to me for physical reasons, a physical, some sort of, you know, physical disease. And I don't mean necessarily mean like a disease, but, you know, lack of ease, something physically going on, they need assistance with, and they want to know, are there herbs I can turn to? And so that's a lot of times where people start with me. But then as we dive in, it opens them up to something completely different. I mean, as you start to connect to your physical body, you, you start to realize how disconnected you really are. I mean, we walk around in these bodies all the time, but we don't think about how disconnected from our physical body we really are. And so when you start to cultivate that awareness around your physical body, it, you almost have no choice mm-hmm. but to go to the next layer. You start to feel things that you didn't realize were there. And that was my experience as well. I was so focused on you know physical, physical, physical for a long time. And then as I got more in tune with my physical body, then I just, I had no choice but to move in and start to understand my breath more, start to understand my energy more, start to feel my intuition more. I teach a 12 week group mentoring program called Cultivate the Healer Within. And it's, it's focused around teaching my students how to be herbalists within their home, how to be family herbalists. But I can't tell you how many students have walked out of that program and 
and said, wow, I thought I was coming in here just to learn how I could turn to herbs. And I'm walking away with just a whole other understanding of my being. They've never looked at their physical body very deeply, and they've definitely never looked beyond their physical body. And so then those students continue to work with me and we work deeper into, you know, connecting to the earth and the natural world. That was a really great description of where people start and then where people. It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Amy, that you work with the koshas. Yes, I do. Yes. (laughs) Would you dive into a little bit about how that, how the koshas help you maybe one work on your own uh, self-awareness and own remembering and then how you work with the koshas with your, with your clients? Because I think that there's these models, right? That are from ancient wisdom. When I say the word kosha, one of our listeners might be like, what in the world is that? That's woo. (laughs) But they're so impactful and so transformative. The koshas is something that I learned about when I went through my yoga teacher training. It's funny, I can look back now and see, you know, I had no idea it was going to be such a big part of my work. But when I learned about it, it just resonated with me in a way that you know, without knowing how you know. Koshas are, you know, they from from ancient yogic texts, and kosha means sheath or layer. And so it is this philosophy that we are made up of five different koshas, five different sheaths or layers. And I like to think about them. And when I teach about them, I ask my students to imagine like nesting dolls or maybe layers of an onion. I personally, that's how my journey, my self-study journey has really unfolded is that I, you start with your outermost layer. So the five koshas are your physical body, your energy body, your mental, emotional body, your intuitive body, and your bliss body. And so you know, our physical body is the grossest layer that we have. We can see it, we can feel it, we can touch it. Um, and we have to start there. We have to start with cultivating awareness around our physical body, getting to know our physical body. And then we start to move into these other subtle layers, these subtle koshas. Um, and the more that you move in, the more subtle that they are, the, you know, the, the harder they are to hear and get to know. That was what I was, you know, talking about just a moment ago is that's where I started was with my physical self and I worked my way in and the how koshas became a part of my herbal work is my herbal work is really rooted in vitalism. Vitalism is believing that our body has this inherent ability to restore itself, to move toward wellness. And as a vitalist, our job is to step back and just observe what is the body trying to do and then how can we assist it not control it or manipulate it, assist it. And the other part of vitalism is that it honors the connection between mind, body, and spirit. You know, I was working with the koshas over here and I'm doing my herbal thing over here and I'm realizing, well, wow, the connection of mind, body, spirit is the koshas. I started to work the koshas into into my herbal work so that people could understand that they're more than just a physical body. So even if you have just this physical symptom, it could be actually something going on within one of those layers, those subtle layers. It's just about getting to know yourself in a new way. I brought that into my work, into my program. In my 12-week program, we don't just learn about herbs. We also have yoga practices to go with 
the curriculum and the yoga practices build awareness around. Each kosha corresponds with different systems of the body. And so we, we work through it in that way. The mind-body-spirit connection, there are so many books that I found through Ayurveda school that talk about if you heal your emotions and you can heal your physical body. And getting to the root of the root of the problem is what Ayurveda really talks about and how this can show up. And this is a this is a bigger example, but when I know when I heard it, I just got chills. So one of my Ayurveda school friends has um, kidney disease in, in her family. And what I know from going through Ayurveda school, science says that we carry the genetic makeup of, of seven generations that come before us. And we not only inherit the genetic makeup of our family, but we also inherit their emotional patterns. We, we inherit their emotional trauma and it actually lives in our physical body. And how this was showing up for my friend, it was showing up in her kidneys. Amy, you know, that's something that when you talk about the koshas, it's really important to understand that sometimes the diseases that we have aren't necessarily our own. It's not something that we've necessarily like done bad, quote unquote, with our diet. You know, as far as your example about your friend, that's something that I can I can relate to. I had my own experience of being really focused on my physical body for a really long time and thinking like, if I have a physical problem, then I need to treat it with a physical thing. I had this experience where I had a physical problem. I had physical pain in, in the left side of my body. And I, you know, I tried all of these physical things, you know, movement, stopping movement. I mean, all of these things to try to fix this physical problem I was having. And I eventually was pointed in the direction of a chiropractor who does energy work. And Mm -hmm. he started working with me. And in my first um, appointment with him, he recognized that from my pelvis to my feet, 57 of 75 muscles had shut down, they stopped working. And so I'm still thinking this must be a physical thing. Like, what did I do physically that caused this? Well, it turns out that most of those muscles had shut down from emotions that I had been holding in my body. He started turning these muscles back on for me and correcting them. And then what was happening is that I was just releasing all of this emotion. I mean, I would just cry and I didn't necessarily feel sad. It was just a release. And so it was an experience that really... I was no longer just teaching about the energy body. Like I had actually lived that experience of having emotions blocking up my energy and that had moved into my physical body. And so there was no physical thing that I could do to fix fix this physical pain. What I had to do was process these emotions. That's so powerful. It's yeah. it's like taking the time to process as I have had a a physical disease myself and I'm still working through it. And the best thing that I do for myself on top of taking care of my physical body is to continuously process my past and to continuously process traumatic moments from my past and memories that haunt me. And through that release and that letting go of things that really it's haunting, they're haunting memories that for some reason we can't let go of. I say we because everybody has something. Everybody has a big trauma or a small trauma. They're all the same. They're all they all affect our peace of mind. Through through releasing those 
peace of mind does come, but sometimes it's a little sticky, right? It's on the days that we just like cry and don't know why. And on the, on the mornings where I'm like, I really just want to sleep for like six more hours. There's reasons. And I love that you look to the physical body to say, what is the body telling me? The little messages that we always get that are so important to listen to. But I think, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned before, our society is just like, so go, go, go that it's hard for some folks to stop. I mean, I'm one of those. I'm like a total type A. (laughs) I'm like, let's do more. And it's hard because that's the program. Yeah. And, you know, Lindsay, you, you mentioned how I kind of work with my daughter in this. We live in this, this world that wants us to keep going no matter what we're feeling. And so I really honor that in my daughter. You know, if she feels sad, maybe even if I don't understand why she feels sad, I make sure that she knows it's okay to feel sad and not know why you feel sad. You know, it's mm-hmm. if you need to cry, then cry. Whereas I think we live in a world where it's just stop crying, toughen up, keep going. And I don't want her to to feel that way. I want her to know that feeling sad is is just as okay as feeling happy. And if she needs to stop to process that, then then that's okay. Coming back to that word, decondition ourselves or what we're conditioned to do is really important. I know for each of us to really call out. Each of us are on our own all at a healing journey. And it's also a deconditioning of what we're told that we have to do, have to be. And what I also want to call out is that looks different for everybody. And if your physical body is sick, for me, that's how I knew that something needed to change. I just think, I think that's, that's the, the first, first step, step for a <laughs> jinx. <laughs> it's the first step, right, Julie? It's the first step. And I think Amy, you can agree that it's the first step because like you said, it's the grossest thing that we have. It's the the most obvious, it's the most tangible. And then mm-hmm. and it's then the it, it's like Yeah. (laughs) And then Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit hole. And then you can't look back. (laughs) The blinders Mm -hmm. are on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where it gets so difficult in our society being in a capitalistic culture is that we think that there's this one perspective. We're given this example of make money, work harder, grind culture. And that works for some people. Some people are made to do that. It's actually in my belief that it's a lot smaller percentage than actually is. And that's why some people get sick and burned out and are not happy. In my previous life, I, I worked in a corporate cube farm culture and was really good at my job and was motivated by the security of money and a 401k. One day I woke up and said, this isn't enough. Like there's something else missing. I went down the rabbit hole and couldn't come back. I went to yoga teacher training. I started Ayurveda school. I saw another way of like doing and being. And what I'm here to share and what we're all here to share is like that other perspective, that other way of going and doing and being of just like, what is it for you? What I'm figuring out how to voice and to learn is this is what worked for me. And I would love to be that bridge to help you find your own way. And for me, it's about joy, right? It's not about someone telling me or me telling anyone else like how to be or to live or to eat. I was having a glass of wine and cheese bread last night while I was reading my book. (laughs) And I'm reading the the Gene Keys right now. Mm. And it's blowing my mind. This 
a couple came up with a golden retriever. They asked me to watch their dog. And then they came back with their food and he was very outgoing. He goes, I don't mean to like interrupt your nice dinner that you have going on there, but what is the gene keys? And it was such a random moment that I knew wasn't random because I think he needed to hear something. One of the things he asked me, he goes, so, so you, you said you're a holistic health coach. Does that mean that you're going to tell me that like, I shouldn't be running six miles a day? Wow. <laughs> and I said, actually, no. I was like, do you like running six miles a day? He goes, oh, I love it. I was like, cool. Keep doing that. <laughs> mm. And again, it's not, it's no hard or fast rules for any one person. And for me, I'm like, does it bring you joy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, is your does your body like it? He goes, well, I'm getting older and my joints kind of ache. I was like, okay, that, cool. That's something to pay attention to. But going back to like, yeah, emotions live in our body and there are practical things that we can do with our physical body to find joy and happiness. And Amy, I'm really curious for you, how does working with herbalism and energy help you find more joy in life? It's changed my life because, and it, and it helps me to feel more joy because I'm getting closer to who I am, which means I'm shedding who I'm not. Mm. Um, and, you know, working with herbs, working with energy, it, it's all self-study to me. It's, it's all cultivating this awareness. It's, it goes back to what I mentioned in the beginning. It's all remembering, reconnecting to what is our birthright? You know, we, it is our birthright to, to remember our connection to the natural world, to remember that we have innate wisdom within us. And so on this journey is, is I, I bring this into my everyday life. That does bring me joy. Shedding what's not me. That's a great, it's a hard journey, but what, what a joyful journey to get rid of the things that you've been pulling around forever that someone else conditioned onto you, you know? Um, what does that look like for you, Amy, practically? Not that you have to get so personal, but like, what are some things that you've let go of that feels really good just to like drop? You know, again, it started with my physical self. I had to, I had to really get to know my physical body in a way so that I could look at my, my health and wellness differently, um, you know, change my concept of medicine, uh, nourish my body in a way that I never had before because I didn't know how to nourish my body. You know, now it looks like being more aware of my, my, my thoughts, um, my mm. emotions, and asking myself, you know, is this even mine? Is this my thought or emotion that I have? Or is it here because it's been – it, it's I'm conditioned to believe it. I think that we live in this world where our ego kind of runs the show and we think that we're supposed to live in this box and follow this set of rules, but we're not meant to live in a box yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, and so that's, that's what it looks like for me is getting out of this box, getting out of these lines that I was, I was told that I needed to stay in to be worthy or successful um, or whatever, you know, rules it is and, and trusting what's mine and what's not mine. Well, if it's not yours, where is it coming from? <laughs> from 
the world we grow up in <laughs> from society from you know we live in a world where masculine energy is just dominating we all have masculine we all have feminine energy regardless of our gender and we you know i know personally it's a struggle for me to keep my masculine energy in check i want to use logic and rationale for everything and and plan and do um but we have this feminine energy that that's that just knows it's intuitive it flows it you know it doesn't stay inside a box mm-hmm. that's for sure it's wild and i think we're in a time right now where where we're really seeing that rise that feminine energy rise and and we're all kind of doing this work to try to balance our inner energy i love that so beautiful have you ever read a course in miracles amy Yes, yes. I have A Course of Miracles and A Return to Love, which I really love. I love, love, love both. Uh-huh. I'm working my way through um, the workbook section again. And when you were talking about thoughts and observing your thoughts and is this even mine, it made me think of a few of the lessons about how we're so preoccupied with thoughts that aren't ours or thoughts that are the past or thoughts that just, we don't even know where they came from. And what's your process like? Like when you start to have like a thought that you're like, whoa, where did that come from? (laughs) Like that came out of left field. Give us, give us some insight, Mm -hmm. make it really practical. Yeah. I think the first thing I do is start with that question of, is this mine? You know, anything that we're holding on to, I think that's not ours. It came from somewhere and it usually came from, it's benefiting someone else. If it's not benefiting you, it's benefiting Mm -hmm. someone else. So when I discover that a thought or an emotion isn't mine, it's not part of my true, my true, true self, then I have to ask myself, well, who, who did this come from? Who benefited from me believing? And just that right there, when you, when you discover that I think it's really powerful. It almost like loosens its grip on you. If it is mine, if it's something that I've put there because of a past experience, I think I really focus on going back to that past experience of, well, why did I feel that way? What did I need in that moment? You know, whether it was me as a child, if it's something that I'm carrying around from childhood, like an emotion that I have because of a past experience in childhood, then I go back to, to that little Amy and I, and I ask myself, well, what did little Amy need in that moment? And then I give my, myself now that, and it, it's a really powerful exercise. Um, it really, it really helps me. And it also is really empowering because then it helps you learn how to nurture yourself, how to not mm. need things outside of yourself because ev- only you can give yourself what it is you need. And so then you learn to not need external validation and that you can nourish yourself and heal yourself. My heart is exploding. <laughs> so much. Let's sit with that one for a minute. I've done a lot of inner child work around nurturing those emotions that either were not seen or recognized or heard or whatever. And writing myself as a kid, like a little love note or taking moments to pause and saying, what does like little Julie need right now? Cause sometimes I freak out and I'm having a temper tantrum and I'm like, Whoa, this isn't me. It's like, this is what a child would do. What's, what's my inner child need. Mm. And do you do those practices with your clients? Is that something that you now teach or is that just a personal thing that you do? 
That's something I teach um, as we work through the koshas. When we get to the like the mental emotional layer, we have a lot of I have a lot of tools I provide them, and they're all practices and tools I use that worked well for me. You know that, and and being able to like move past fear. How do we move past fear and that sort of? As a practical example, something that really resonated that you shared, Amy. I remember in my yoga teacher training, one of my biggest aha moments was when our teacher asked us to go back to our first memory Mm. where as a child, where we remembered things, something like not being okay. So taking a moment and going back to childhood and remember, remembering like that first memory of when do you remember thinking like, Oh, something's not okay. Something's bad or you're scared. And then try and go back again and then try and go back again and following the thread to your first earliest thought. And I did that and I found that memory and we started journaling about it. And the question that we were asked is what is the belief that you now hold based off of that memory? And that's been, I don't know, five or six years ago. So I've worked through the bulk of it. You know, it still shows up, but it's of always never asking for help because I never wanted to be a burden Mm. on anyone. And how that was showing up for me in my adult life was feeling like I had to be so self-reliant that I would never ask help or delegate to other people. So I would never delegate at work and I would never ask for help and use my voice to speak up when it came to like my personal relationships and asking for what I need because I didn't want to be a burden. And that realization, that practice just started to unlock all these little keys, all these little doors starting to open of, you know, is this mine? Yeah, it was mine. And how can I deconstruct this so that it doesn't hinder me going forward? So I started asking for help at work. I was like, oh, no, it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't mean that I'm weak. It doesn't mean that I don't know everything. It just means like, let me take that back. I don't know everything and it's okay to ask for help. (laughs) And that's okay. Like, I don't have to be the expert on everything. What are friends and family for in your life if You can't voice your opinion and ask for what you need. There's a balance, right? A balance of like going back and looking at at past hurts and past trauma in learning from them and moving on and also not getting stuck in the past. And it's a a delicate balance of of being able to do both. And uh, for me, I mean, I've done a lot of therapy too. So that's not that we're calling ourselves therapists, but we have a lot of tools that do very similar things. Sometimes you do need someone to hold space for you when you do that. And there are also practices too. You know, Lindsay, I did something very similar in, um, I think I've talked about it on here before, the Landmark Forum, the program that I went through a few years ago, where the group had something from childhood, ages like one to seven that happened. And then something from ages eight to 16 that happened. And then from 17 to like 23. And in those those first three phases of life, there was a belief that was made from those experiences, those like really fearful or hurtful experiences. And we create like a theory about ourselves. We create 
a way of being for ourselves that protects us from those three first moments. And mine was fear of being abandoned. Through my adult life, I was a people pleaser so that no one would leave. So we all have these things that happen to us in our past that shape the way that we see the world and we see ourselves. And I think when, Amy, you talk about deconstructing and peeling back the layers of the onion or like unnesting the dolls through your work. You're helping people, as you said, remember, but I think you're also helping people in a way take their power back and say that I'm not I'm not that theory or that belief that I created for myself as a, a young person or a young adult. Really, you're creating a new way of life for people. Yeah. In order for you to remember, you have to unlearn. It's yeah. almost like unlearning and relearning. You know, in order for us to get to, to who we really are and what's really ours, first we have to know what we're not and what's not mm -hmm. really ours. It's kind of the beautiful thing about the koshas is that as you work through them and you, you practice this self-study, this self-awareness, you start to connect with yourself in a way that you never have before. And that reflects in the world outside of you. The way in which you connect to yourself is the way in which you connect to the world around you. That's why I teach about the physical body first, because it's if you if you aren't even aware of like when you're holding tension in your body or how food makes you feel, then how in the world will you ever be aware of what emotion is yours and what emotion is not yours? Yeah. You know, so it's it's a journey, it's a process. That's a really good distinction. I love that. As we wrap up our time together, have Two more, two more thoughts, two more things to ask you, Amy. If you could say one thing to anyone that's listening, what would you want them to know? I would want them to know that everything that they need is already within them. Mm. You know, you don't need me. You don't need anyone else. Everything that you have is already within you. It's just about learning to access it. Sometimes support, investing in other things is, yeah, going to give you some more ease. It's going to help. You're going to have that support and community, and that's really important, but it's already in there. It's in there. Mm. That's so good, Amy. I'm going to steal Oprah's question because I <laughs> love it so much. What do you know for sure? I know for sure that, that there is magic all around us, that we are surrounded by magic, that we're surrounded by wisdom, that we're surrounded by medicine. Mm. And I know for sure that we can access that. Full body chills. Not even kidding. <laughs> so good. <sighs> Amy, I want to thank you for your time today. This has been a beautiful conversation. Amy, seriously, I feel like I feel like we learned so much <laughs> in such a period, short period of time. Where can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you? How can they work with you? The easiest way to get in touch with me is to find me on Instagram, um, AJ the Herbalist is where you can find me on Instagram or you can email me at ajtheherbalist at gmail. We'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes for everyone that's listening. And until next time, see you next week. Thanks for joining. Thanks.